Welcome to the Crux Podcast and Sermon of the Week. For more information about the Crux Ministries and Summit Church, please visit us at summitsanmarcos.com. So, hey, just stretch out a hand. Let's pray for Emily tonight. Lord, I thank you so much for Emily, Lord. I I pray right now, just grace even into her physical body. She's been going longer than any of us, God. Um, But she is such a champion. She carries such this message of revival, Lord, and I just thank you so much for her. I ask tonight, God, that uh, this, it would be more so would be imparted even from her, Lord. As she's talking on leadership, she is a leader, Lord. Would we catch that inside of our hearts, and would we be inspired tonight to embrace leadership like we've seen her do it, God, and ultimately become more like Jesus and change the world, Lord. But we love her, and we ask that you speak through her right to us, God. In your name. Amen. Give it up for Emily. Thank you, Taylor. That was awesome. (laughs) Yeah, dude. Yeah, guys. Who had who went to Crux Camp and like loved it? This is like really low now. Dude, it was so awesome. Oh well, I'm just gonna leave this. Okay. I'm so excited um, to talk to you guys about leadership tonight. And so the message is called Embracing the Call to Leadership. And really, the reason is is that like we as Christians are all called to be leaders. We are called to be influencers in society, in our families, and every one of us has a realm of influence. Each and every one of us has an ability to impact people. We're leading somewhere in our life. There's somebody that looks up to you, that admires you, that looks to you for advice or different things. And each and every one of us are leaders in society and have the ability to influence. And the thing is, is we need more Christian leaders to step up. Right? Like, if every one of us is called to be a leader, each of us need to step up in whatever area God's called us to and really embracing um, being a leader and an example of, of Christianity to the, our realm of influence. Um, and I think a lot of times when people think about leadership, they think that you have to have all of your stuff all together. Right? I think that people think that, like, you, and I even believe this too, and I, like, I've been a leader probably since I came out of the womb. Like, I've kind of just been like, Kimmy, even in like our wedding, when she gave her maid of honor speech, talked about how I was like bossing her around. <laughs> She's like, nods her head. It's my sister, by the way. Um, so like, it's true. Like, I think that, um, and I think some of us are like leaders naturally, and some of us learn to be leaders in our life. And I think some of us, we just kind of like take charge of who we are. It's kind of just in our DNA. And some of us have to find it. Uh, in our DNA and kind of discover it a little bit more. Um, But I think something that even I believe or struggle to to work through is that we think that leaders need to have it all together. And before I really dive into this message and talk about leadership, I wanted to kind of address this thought because before you start checking out and being like, "Mm, I'm not qualified to be a leader yet, or "Mm, I don't think I'm ready or whatever, that's like totally not true. Okay, each and every one of you are called to be leaders, called to be influencers. Um, look at if you look at the leaders in the Bible, Moses, I'm trying to remember the names I wrote down. Moses was afraid to speak in public. I don't know if anybody knew this. Moses was afraid to speak in public, and his brother Aaron actually did all of the speaking for him. Like we think of Moses as this really powerful figure in the Bible, which he absolutely is, but he was not perfect. And it's a really encouragement and an example that like what well, Moses didn't have it all together. If Moses who wrote a chunk of the Old Testament and it's like the Moses wasn't all have it all together, then I certainly don't have to have it all together. When you look at David, 
King David. King David sent his had an affair and then sent the husband of the lady he had an affair with to die in battle so that he could marry her. Like, I think that if anyone's not a perfect leader, David, King David is certainly not a perfect leader. And then also look at Paul. Like, Paul was a persecutor of Christians. And I just think this is an example that God can take anybody and turn them to influence society. King David, Paul, Moses, and countless others in the Bible influenced an entire nation, an entire realm, and they did not have it all together. So before I dove really headfirst into this message tonight, I kind of want to just break that lie off that we have to have everything organized or put together or dealt with in order to be a leader. So I want to talk kind of as we're talking tonight, I want to talk about the impact that we can have on society as leaders and then talking about how we embrace that call to leadership, how we can really say, okay, these are the things that I need to do to develop my leadership. This is who I am. This is how I need to kind of grow and where we're at. Um, Banning Leapshire has this saying, this is leadership is influence, and each of us have a realm of influence that makes each of us a leader. When Christians begin to live like leaders in their area, the world changes. It's up to us to embrace the call that God has put before us. It's up to us to influence our realm of society to impact what God has. And say, okay, how do we talk about that? What kind of impact can we make on society? So in Matthew 5.13... It says, you, and he's talking to, like, we as Christians, you are the salt of the earth. But if the, if the salt, yes, David Knox loves his salt. David Knox is the salt of the earth. <laughs> but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. We as Christians are called to be the salt of the earth. We are called to spread out and bring flavor to society. <laughs> Sounds weird. But and did you know that like so many times I think people talk about how too, how too much salt is bad for your body, but did you know that actually not enough salt is bad for your body as well? Your body actually needs salt to function properly. It helps your liver function, I think. Nobody's going to care. Your liver, your kidneys, it helps your body function, okay? It's important. <laughs> um, it helps organs. Yeah, thank you, Taylor. <laughs> um, and so, and you're like, okay, what does this mean? What do you mean, like, we're called to be the salt of the earth? We're called to be leaders and impact society. We're called to influence all of the different things. How many of us use salt on a lot of stuff, right? We use it to flavor. We use it to bring out things. We use it to seasoning things. Um, and, like, we are meant to do that. We are meant to be this influence. And so there's this verse, actually, in the Old Testament that I feel is a really great example how salt is necessary. And God uses salt in an interesting way. And this is just kind of like a metaphor example. So we're in 2 Kings 2. 19 to 22, and it says, uh, the people of the city said to Elisha, look, our Lord, look, our Lord, this town is well situated, as you can see, but the water is bad and the land is unproductive. Elisha says in verse 20, bring me a new bowl, he said, and put salt in it. So they brought it to him. Then he went out to the spring and threw the salt into it, saying, this is what the Lord says. I have healed this water and never again will it cause death or make the land unproductive. And the water has remained pure to this day, according to the word Elijah has spoken. So the Lord took the salt, and or not the Lord, the Lord told Elijah to take the salt and throw it in the water at the source, and it cleansed the water. You see where, I'm, see where I'm going with this picture here? He used the salt to impact the water that then spread to everything and then healed the entire land. Because
because it because the water was the main source. And that's exactly what we're meant to do. We're meant to go into the different areas of society that make big impacts. And whatever that might look like in your life, we're going to talk a little bit about kind of the different areas we are and meant to have an influence that kind of like filters it out and brings through the Lord through. Does that make sense, guys? That we're really like we're meant to come in and be this impact and like influence more than just like one little like grain or this like handful of salt that he flew in cleansed an entire land. We're meant to come in and bring this cleansing touch, this thing of the Lord, and to cleanse an entire area. So seven, there's, there's what they call seven different realms of society or seven different areas of culture that really influence and nourish nations. So they're family, politics, business and economics, sports, entertainment, and arts, religion, science, and education. Um, and each of us, in some capacity, are called to to that area. I think that when you, um, oh, awesome. So I think that each of us could look at an area there and feel like it's something that we're passionate about, right? Or something that, you know, I really love family, or maybe you're really positive and excited about politics. Praise the Lord, I'm not, and you are needed there. <laughs> maybe it's business and economics. Maybe you're called to, maybe you want to be a business person. Maybe you want to help lead in the stock exchange, or even just run your own business and build your own, be a, um, an entrepreneur. Um, sports, entertainment, arts. How many people here love that? Like, right? Love sports. That's huge. How much How much of an impact can we make by putting Christian and influencing people in Hollywood, in the sports industry, in, you know, like, look at Tim, yeah, Tim Tebow, right? He had a glorious season, and then he's kind of gone on to do a lot of stuff, but he made a really big impact on a short time that he was really kind of in the big screen. Um, religion, obviously, praise the Lord. Uh, science. We could use some more Christian scientists. One of our good friends, one of our best friends is a, is a Christian scientist, actually. Well, yeah, easy. Biologist, sorry. He's technically a bio. Not the religion. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. He's a biochemist and he believes in the Lord. I should not mix those up. Thank you for correcting me. Anyways, he loves Jesus and he works in the, in the realm of <laughs> whatever. All right, I'm moving along. And education. Come on. There's so many people who are really passionate about education. It is so important, basically. <laughs> it's so important that we take the opportunity to influence the areas. And I want you all to think for a minute, and you don't necessarily have to like respond to this out loud, respond in your hearts and your heads, but what is your area of influence? Is it your friendship groups? Is it your family? Is it where you're leading at church? Is it at work? Is that at school? Each of you have an area or people that look up to you. Maybe it's even only one person. What if all of your, your, what if your focus, what if your leadership, what if the things that they see in your life impacts only one person, but that person goes on to do something big? I heard this, this chain of events, and I really wish I could find it again, um, that talked about the person that led to the person who got Billy Graham saved. And it was like, I think he got saved in school by like a teacher who got saved by somebody else who got like, and it was this really interesting like series of like very dynamic things that then led to the story of how Billy Graham came to know the Lord. And it's like, what if that one person hadn't been obedient? And I think it all led back to one person feeling like they were supposed to witness to somebody. And that one person's realm of influence trickled down to the biggest evangelist in the 20th century, 21st century. <laughs> Each, I, I really believe that each of us will not even necessarily know the impact that we have. 
we have a realm of influence. I have a good friend of mine, um, and I kind of mentioned this, I had a good friend of mine that passed away about five, six years ago, and he was a youth pastor. And he had this little youth group that he pastored and stewarded and loved, and when he passed away, it was this, like, you know, kind of what now thing. And so there are, there is like, I don't know, maybe a dozen, 20 kids in that youth group. Several of them have now gone on to become pastors. Several of them have now gone on to be missionaries. Several of them have now gone on to be like passionate leaders in the business world because they let God, like they let their friend and their pastor influence them. And instead of using a hard situation and like casting God out of it and being like, what the heck, God, they actually used it to spur their fire and has now duplicated what he did over and over and over and over and over again. And he never saw the fruit of that influence. He had no idea what it would lead, right? But there has been so many people impacted and will continue to be impacted as these kids continue to grow up and impact society, all because they let God speak through one person to them. And each of us have that ability to leave that impact. So how do we do that? How do we embrace the life of a leader and embrace that call? Point number one, leaders say yes. Everybody say yes. <laughs> there's, that verse, there's a verse in Matthew that talks about um, that like this guy invites everybody to a feast and everybody says no and then you get in again until he finally says bring in the homeless, bring in the, bring in the widows, bring in everybody. And it's like, well, what, what does that mean? Like, each and every one of us are called, but are we going to choose to respond to that call? Are we going to say yes when we're invited? Meaning, like, if God says, like, hey, you know, Yar, are you going to do this? Like, Yar has the opportunity to say yes, and God says, okay, let's go. You know, like, God is not going to force each and every one, each of you to do anything that you don't want to do. But when he puts a call in front of you that's going to be hard, it's going to be challenging, right? Being a leader is not easy. It causes us to be stretched. <laughs> it causes us to grow. And it's, and it's uncomfortable. It's a little uncomfortable, right? But it's going to be the best thing that you've ever done. And the first step is to say yes when God says, asks you to respond. And sometimes it's really challenging to say yes. Um, I, for those of you who don't know, I work for Panera. I worked for Panera for, um, this is my, at the end of this year will be seven years. Uh, and I so I started as an associate and kind of worked my way up the ladder, um, in management. And when it, and then I had always told everybody, I swore, I was like, I'm never going to be a general manager. Like I literally one year, almost one year to the day that I interviewed for being a general manager, I sat in front of our, um, chief operating officer, like everybody's big boss. And I said to his face, I will never be a GM. Literally, and I remember a year later when I sat in that interview, he's like, so, never, huh? I was like, no, that's what I get. But the thing is, is like it, I had this moment when I had been saying no, like I'm never, being a GM is too hard, there's so much pressure on you, like I love leading, but I don't want to lead in that capacity, it's just way too difficult, no, no, no. And I remember the day that the Lord shifted my heart, and I heard we were talking about, we were listing off all these new cafes that were going to open, and God listed the name that I I took over, they said it, and I heard God say, that's your cafe. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, what do you mean? And I have no control over that. Like, they usually don't put brand new managers in, in brand new cafes when they open, because it's a challenge. And I was like, mm, are you sure? Lord, are you really sure? I had just gotten this, like, mini promotion that I really loved, and I didn't want to go anywhere, and God's like, I want you to say no to that, and I want you to take this. And so I had to go through this process, and I actually showed up to the interview and sat in the car and was, like, this close to turning around and never showing up to my interview to get 
to interview for the GM position because I didn't want to say yes. And I got out of the car and walked into the interview and was like, okay, I'm going to go for this. And I remember when they came, when they like two or three weeks later, they came in and told me like that I got the job, the position. And I was like, and I had another moment to not say yes. Like, and again, I was this close to telling my boss, like, I don't want it. And it was the hardest yes of my life. It was one of the most challenging three years, but it was absolutely worth it. I had the opportunity to influence 50 people a day that worked for me, plus all the people that come into the cafe. Um, and this was an opportunity given to lead, and I had to say yes to him. Like, he did not force this opportunity on me. Like, I don't think he would have been disappointed in me if I had said no. But, like, I had to take that moment and say, God, I'm willing to take this step that is going to challenge and push me, but that is going to give me an opportunity to let everybody know who you are. Can you give me an opportunity to shine your light in, in, in a challenge? And you know what? I failed. <laughs> like There are times that I absolutely failed them. Like, as leaders, I think what's so important is in our yes, we also have to own our mistakes. As a leader, one of the most powerful things you will ever do is own your mistake and apologize for it. It's really, it's really true. Because I think we pride gets in the way of us wanting to do that. Because we're so afraid of, like, admitting that we were wrong or admitting that we made a mistake and we're worried about the opinions of others that we're not willing to own up to our own mistakes. But I, but one of the most powerful things I could do is apologize to my managers and apologize to my team when I messed up and say, hey, I'm sorry. Like, I remember getting really mad at someone one day and kind of flying off the handle and I totally had to, like, pull them in the back and own it. And I was like, you know what? I'm really sorry. It was a long day. I never should have done that. This is why this happened and I'm really sorry. Like, please forgive me. I should never have, have you know, responded in that manner. Uh, and I remember when I left and I got uh, the step into the position that I am now, and they were like, hey, thank you for doing that. Because it, it showed me, like, who you are, and I had so much extra respect for you because of that. And it was really hard. Like, if you all know me, I don't like to make mistakes. <laughs> so to, like, to own it was huge. And part of it is because I actually, I had seen leaders in my life and in the business realm and in the church own it and say, hey, I'm sorry, I messed up. Like, forgive me. I should never have said that to you. I shouldn't have responded this way. I made a mistake in making this call or whatever it might be. Proverbs 16.1 says, we can make our own plans, but the Lord gives us the right answers. We have the opportunity that when we say yes, it might not look exactly what you think it's going to look like. The most important thing is for you to say yes and trust the Lord that he's going to guide you in the right direction and that he's going to bring you ultimately to where you want to go. Point number two, leaders understand personal breakthrough leads to corporate breakthrough. When we have our own breakthrough, when we push through, the things that are hard for us in our life will impact the people around us and how we respond. It'll impact the people around us and how we push through and the things that we push through, the things that we um, persevere through impact the people around us. And I want to share a story about this in the Bible, Acts 16. 23 to 26, um, Paul and Silas were preaching the gospel, and in verse 23 it says, they were severely beaten, and then they were thrown into prison. 
The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. So the jailer put them in the inner dungeon and clamped their feet into stocks. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praising and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. Suddenly, there was a massive earthquake, and the prison was shaken to its foundation. All the doors of the prison immediately flew open, and the chains of every prisoner flew off. Paul and Silas were in jail, and they're choosing to pray, they're choosing to seek the Lord, and they're choosing to sing praises to him instead of being bogged down by their situation. And then it says, it says, then, it says, and the other prisoners were listening. When you are a leader, when you have influence over people, they pay attention to how you respond to things. They're watching you. And that sounds super, they're watching you. That's weird, but <laughs> it's true. People are paying closer attention than, than you think. And they paid attention, and then look, the benefit was suddenly a massive earthquake came, it, the prison doors opened to every cell, and the chain of every prisoner flew off. Every single person in that jail cell benefited from the breakthrough that Paul and Silas sought. Isn't that incredible? Like, I would love that. Like, right? Like, and then the reality is, is like, and okay, like, let's think about this. What are the areas in your life that you need to seek breakthrough in? What are the areas that you persevere through that are hard, that are challenging for you? And what are the benefits that, uh, that happen when other people have that same breakthrough that you just had? What happens when your breakthrough becomes the breakthrough of everybody around you? There's power in testimony. There's power in the word of testimony. And it's not even just that. What if you're, the breakthrough that's happening in your life like impacts what's happening? Pastor Taylor seeks breakthrough, and it impacts the rest of us. Pastor Daniel seeks breakthrough. Pastor Teresa seeks breakthrough, and we are impacted by their breakthrough. Whether that be in a word that they bring, whether that be that something that happens in the church, whatever it might be, we get to be impacted. So when you are going after your personal breakthrough, while it is for you and it's between you and the Lord, sometimes it's actually to impact some other people too. It might be that you are going to speak about it someday. It might be that people are just watching and observing the, the way that you walked through it. What if it was all for one person? What if Paul and Silas were beaten, thrown into jail, and had to pray and seek the Lord for breakthrough to get out so that all the people in the jail could get saved? I don't know about you, but if I was locked in jail and somebody was praying next to me and suddenly the chains fell off my feet and the doors opened, I'd believe in the power of God. <laughs> There's actually a testimony um, of a friend of ours in Africa. Uh, his name's Dries, is our, is our good friend. We love him so much. Hi, Dries, have you ever listened to this? <laughs> I don't know if you would, but we love you. Um, and there's actually, there's a pastor uh, in Mozambique. And we, I've never met him. He passed away many years ago, but we know his son. And he was like the, I don't remember his name, so let's just call him, I don't remember what his name is. I think it's like Lionel or something, something like that. I don't know. Let's just, so he was um, like this mass murderer. He was like this crazy murderer. He was like this super, before he became a pastor. <laughs> and he like hated the Lord. He persecuted Christians. He like killed people. And he was actually in jail, locked in jail in South Africa. Someone gave him a Bible, reads through the whole Bible. He gets saved, gives his life to the Lord, and chains literally fell off of him in his cell. People were so afraid of this guy that he was like locked in isolation he was chained up super crazy and nobody ever like none of the um people wanted to approach the jail cell door because they were so afraid of him 
he gave his life to the Lord. The chains literally fell off, and they hear they hear something coming, and they're like, "What is that?" And they approach the door, and they like didn't want to go in there because they knew the chains had fallen off. And he was praising and singing praise to God. So he goes. They they go to take him into his trial, and they go they go to take him into his trial, and he's he's chained up again. And in front of the judge, he begins to like proclaim what God did to him because he was like again like this mass murderer. Everybody was afraid of him. He begins to proclaim to the judge um, who what he is, what God had done, how God he got saved, and the chains in the courtroom fell off again, in front of the judge and in front of everybody. And the judge is like, if God doesn't condemn you, who am I to condemn you? You're free to go. This guy went back to Mozambique. He went back to Mozambique, became a pastor, uh, created a church, and like created a movement uh, where we go in Shai Shai. And, we're, and created this movement and impacted so many people by his story and his testimony. It happens in real life, too. Like, this guy's breakthrough because he encountered the Lord. He met him. He saw breakthrough. God literally set him free from change, and he impacted his entire culture back home. Like, that's amazing. If they can do that with situations that are more tough than what we're going through, who are we to not push for breakthrough? If they can get breakthrough and let chains literally physically fall off, then I'm pretty sure I can push past my stuff and get my chains to fall off, too. We can do it. God is with us. God is listening. And um, <laughs> uh, Banning Leapshire uses this really great example. Is like an ask, seek, knock. Like we use, like we want to like, God wants us to ask, he wants us to seek, and he wants us to knock. And he uses the example of like when you, pay, when you play hide and seek with your kids, or none of us have kids. So if you're playing with a niece or a nephew or a friend's kid, when you're playing with little kids, do you hide for like nobody to find you, right? Do you hide really hard when you're playing with a little kid or do you hide so the little kid can find you? You hide so the little kid can find you, right? Like you're not gonna go, like you should. <laughs> Taylor's like, as an uncle, you should do that. Don't make your little kid hard, right? Like it's like you hide behind the curtain, you stick your leg out and you're like, oh, you know, like come find me. It's the same thing with the Lord. Like, he says to ask, seek, and knock, but it's not like he's hiding under some, like, bush in a dark corner of the forest for you to go hide. Like, he's hiding behind a table with his leg out going, hello! You know, like, he doesn't, he makes himself obvious to find. But are you willing to go and seek him? Are you going to be like, oh, I don't think that's, I don't think that's, the, I don't think that's God behind that table, even though I can see his head and his arm, and he's just chilling. I think he's over here in the dark corner of the forest. Like, no, he's sitting right there for you to find. He's sitting right there for you to seek. All he wants you to do is ask. He wants you to seek. He wants you to knock. He wants you to go after him. He wants you to seek that breakthrough. People who sought breakthrough in their personal life that impacted the lives around them, Rahab, Rahab saved, like was an impact in saving a nation. You got Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Some of my favorite stories in the Bible. That one's incredible. Moses, I mean, we could go, Paul, I mean, we could go on and on about the names of people. And I'm sure each of us can think about people in our lives that have impacted us. And it's because their breakthrough, the things that they have sought, the things that they have learned, are things that we can learn because of what they've walked through. The last one is leaders refuse to stop growing. If the church is called to lead a nation, then it can only go as far as the church can go. So if we're called to influence our nation in the U.S., our nation can only go as far as we go because we are the ones that influence it. Your lid determines how far everybody else around you and your nation can go, 
how far your realm of society can go. And one of the best ways to continue to grow is by being in community. Because people will challenge you, they will force you to grow, they will help you to see, and ultimately it's God, right? Ultimately it's God in them, it's God through them, but community is key. Isolation is really hard on leaders. Sometimes we feel like we need to isolate and pull ourselves away because, oh, I need to figure this out by myself. I need to deal with this. I need to, to like push past this or I'll figure it out. And I, I was actually, many years ago, I was struggling with something and I had not, I hadn't told anybody. Um, and I was just kind of like struggling with it on my own. I was embarrassed. I didn't want to talk about it. I was just like having a really hard time. And I had a dream or I saw a picture of myself like that I had locked myself in a cage and I was like sitting sulking like on a bench in this cage that I had locked myself in and Jesus comes and like opens the door and he's like are you gonna get out and I was like he's like this is your fault like you are in this situation because like you took yourself there because you chose to isolate you locked yourself in this cage you choose to isolate you should go talk to the person I told you to talk to and I was like okay <laughs> right you know like it, and it was my own fault and the thing is is like we have you have a whole room full of people you have a bunch of people who aren't here tonight who are here for you and as community you have people who can surround yourself and I like I will be the first person to volunteer to be like I will help you unlock your cage <laughs> I will help you come out because isolation is like it kills it kills and community is a huge key to staying full of life, to staying driven, but also to continuing to grow. Proverbs 12.1 says, to learn, you must love discipline. It is stupid to hate correction. <laughs> community is going to give you the feedback that you need to grow. It's, like, it's just, that's a little intense, but it's true. Like, if you want to, like, how would we do if all of our teachers just gave us A's and said, great job? You actually got everything wrong on that history test. You were in the wrong decade and the wrong names, but A for effort. Like, nah, like none of this, everybody's a winner stuff. Sorry, but like, if we never receive direction or correction, we're never going to be able to grow. You know, like we can't just st stamp an A on it and say, hey, great job, even though everything you just said was totally wrong. You know, like I w we don't want that. Like if we're giving people wrong advice, if we have the wrong perspective, if we have the wrong mentality, we need to step up as community and support each other through that. I have, can literally remember having a conversation with Taylor many years ago. We were sitting in a coffee shop, but he was like, what are you doing? Don't do that. Do you remember that? He's like, that was stupid. Don't do that. And like, he's like, you know what I mean? Like, granted, he's my friend. I don't think when he sits with you, he's going to tell you you're stupid. Like, it's a little different. But, but like, it's so important that we have people to surround us to be like, that was a bad decision. Don't do that. What are you doing? Like, let's move forward from that. You know, like, we need to support each other in, in those things. First Peter 5, 5 says, do you not remember? Oh, okay, I'll tell you later. <laughs> I'll remind you and you'll be like, oh, okay. <laughs> this was long before I was your wife, and it was a good thing you told me I was stupid. <laughs> I'll remind you of the story later. Uh, so First Peter 5, 5 says, in the same way, you who are younger must accept the authority of the elders. And all of you, dress yourselves in humility as you relate to one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. I think sometimes when people come and say, hey, I want to I correct you with this. I want to guide you with this. I want to give you some advice. It's really easy to deflect or say, hey, like, mm, I'm good. Or try to explain yourself. Excuse me, because our pride gets hurt. 
but we have to give our community access and permission to support us. And the reality is, is like, you know, like it should, it needs to be done in love. Like when we're supporting and correcting one another, it needs to be done in love. And now I'm not saying everybody turn around tomorrow and be like, hey, you're doing this, or hey, let's correct this. Like, but, but we are called to call each other higher. Like if I have a bad attitude or a bad perspective about something, I want people to call me higher. I want people to be like, hey, you can grow here. Hey, this is an opportunity for you. Dominic does it all the time. <laughs> you know, like we, that's what we're here for. I have friends that do it for me. I have bosses that do it for me. Do you have people in your life that do that for you? If you do, do you let them in? And if not, why? Why don't you let them speak to it? Are you afraid to grow? It's hard. Absolutely. It's not easy, but are we willing to like push past those feelings of discomfort for the sake of like having a living a better life? Because letting go of some of those things that we let offend us and hurt us will hold us. It, will, it won't hold us back if we let go. But when we hold on to these things because we're afraid of our pride getting hurt or of an image being damaged or whatever it might be, you're actually preventing yourself from the opportunity to grow, the opportunity to influence, the opportunity to let the Lord speak through you. He's still going to do it, but the more we let go, the more we allow ourselves to push past those things and grow as leaders, the more influence we get to have, the more breakthrough we get to have, the more breakthrough society gets to have because of the influence that we give. Community gives you access to strength that you never would have by yourself. We can do things together. People in this room are going to do things in their life because we were here to support you. And it's not about us. Like, it's not about, like, woo, we're so great. You can do it without us. But there's a reason there's, like, that verse that says it takes a village to raise a kid. Like, it takes all of us in support of one another to succeed in what we need to do. Like, that's what we're here for. God, I mean, if Jesus didn't do it all by himself, why, should, why would we? Jesus had disciples, and yes, he was teaching, but he surrounded himself with a community. If Jesus surrounds himself with community, we should be surrounding ourselves with community. Another thing that I just kind of want to touch on before we begin to shift, I think a lot of times as leaders and as people, we, like, and especially in this realm of, like, society right now, it's really exciting to, like, want to go and, like, go all these places and do all these things. But the thing is, is it's really important to not go unless you're sent. Now, I'm not saying that, like, you need to be held back from, like, traveling, but I'm saying, like, if you really feel like you're called to go live in New Mexico or New York or wherever you might feel like you're called to go, you should check, you should have the support of your community to go. Paul did not go until the community he was in sent him to go. Again, I'm not saying that like you should like hold back your dreams or anything like that, but it's really important when we have people in our lives because like well, to check that. I don't know how many times I've like wanted to move and like gallivant all over and communities like, why? You have people here that love and support you. What is that purpose? Like you're, you're literally going to go be in isolation. Why? Or you know what? Like we have friends that are getting ready to move right now. It's absolutely the Lord. And we support them. We bless them. For those of you who know Pastor Andrew, Pastor Andrew was a son in the house for years. And when it was time for him to go and do itinerant ministry, he was blessed and he was sent. He went with the support of people. And I feel like Pastor Andrew has been able to go even further and will continue to go further in his ministry because he has the support of all of us to back him. It's so important when we're in community to, to go. And I just felt like, I know some people are kind of looking at me like, mm, but I just felt like it was important to touch on that because it's so important that we realize, like, we don't want to walk out of something that God has put us in. 
And I think that we put, we in like a world put more value on the places and the miles our feet have put under us than we do on the community and the people we surround us with. We're more concerned about all of the different like places we get to travel to and visit and what we can Instagram versus the people in our lives that we surround us with. And I just want to challenge us that sometimes like it doesn't mean that you're never going to get to go live the place you want to live in. It doesn't mean that you're not going to have the opportunity to go somewhere. Um, but it's important that we realize and remember that we need to make sure that we check why. And that we check with our community and support us before we go. And that was kind of a tangent, but I just felt like it was important to say that. Um, so there's actually some questions under Patrick, if you wouldn't mind grabbing those. And we're going to just break into small groups. We've got about 15 minutes. Um, and we're just going to talk a little bit. Can I borrow this real quick? I just want to read them off. We're just going to talk a little bit about leadership and have the opportunity to kind of talk about, okay, like if you don't feel like you're a leader, why? Like what is your realm of influence? Um, so the first question is, do you view yourself as a leader? Why or why not? What is your circle of influence and how do you influence that area? Um, seeing as influence is leadership, how are you a leader in that area? Where do you feel the Lord is calling you to say yes to? Uh, do you believe that your personal breakthrough affects the people around you? Your community determines your growth. Have you immersed yourself in a group that calls you to grow? Um, how can you greater get involved in this community to grow, even in your leadership? And then pray for one another um, that you be the salt of the earth and step into leadership God has called you. Um, so if we could go ahead and just break up in groups of maybe three or three and four, um, the leaders all have little pamphlets. So maybe just find a leader, a group of three or four people, and just kind of spread yourselves out around the room. And let's just kind of dive into this. So God, I just thank you so much for what you're doing. God, I just pray that we would feel challenged. God, that you would cause us to really view, say, hey, where am I in my leadership? Where am I in my leadership role? What can I do um, to continue to grow and continue to challenge myself, surround myself with people, and be the influencer that you want me to be? So God, I just thank you, and I pray that you would steward our conversation in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, give it up for Emily, guys. That was awesome. Thank you for listening to the Crux Podcast Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit summitsanmarcos.com for other exciting content from Summit Church.